Good evening. I'm your host, Aaron Ripmaster. Welcome back to the Dids Dads Podcast Plus. Joining me tonight in the man cave are my trusty co-hosts, Tim Hicks. There's a snake in my boots. And Willie Crocker. Hey, welcome back. And tonight we are going to be talking about major changes that are coming down the pike for the uh, Disney Genie Plus program at Walt Disney World. Um get into all of that in just a minute but i first want to acknowledge our podcast sponsors uh Diz dad's podcast plus is made possible by the support of wicked mouse travel and mouse master travel both are authorized disney vacation planners and they would love to help make sure your family's disney destination vacation is the perfect vacation for your family uh, not the cookie cutter that everybody else does but the one that works perfectly just for you you can check them out at their respective websites at wickedmousetravel.com or at mousemastertravel.com. And uh, you can't book there because they're going to need to spend some time talking to you and helping customize. It's not just point and click. All right, guys. Um, significant changes announced for uh, Genie Plus, but only at Walt Disney World. So let's let's take a step back on this. Um, First of all, all three of us, I think, uh, have heard, you know, significant complaints from people at Walt Disney World about how Genie Plus has worked for them. Not um, worked as the case may be. Or not worked as the case may be. Um, so let's let's just talk about, I mean, some people have managed it better than others. Um, some days have been better than others. But overall, uh, I think there's been a lot of frustration with it. And and maybe we should talk about the specific frustrations that people have been having. Um, so, you know, Willie, what are some of the complaints that you're hearing from people? The main complaint I'm hearing are there's no rides to choose from after 11 or 12 in the morning. All right. So that's the biggest is that the slots are filling up, um, you know, much earlier in the day. And in some ways, I mean, this is a pattern that that those of us who remember the old, old FastPass system have experienced before. I mean, this happened to some extent with paper pass, but they seem to be filling up faster than the the old paper fast passes were being distributed. And, and maybe that's a, a you know, rose colored glass, you know, whatever, 2020 hindsight, uh, 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 memory there, but, um, I don't know, Tim, what's well, your not, take? You think not really, because I mean, when you think about it, the, the old paper fast pass system, I could not sit in my hotel room and make any reservations. I had to drag my dusty carcass into the, into the, uh, whatever park I was going into and okay, go physically point. get those paper passes. Right. And, and going from attraction to attraction to pull them took time too. Right. Yes. So that, that would cut down on. So um, basically the, the, the limited number of slots that were available, especially, you know, afternoon um, was a, a consistent complaint. People felt like they were not getting good value for their money in a lot of cases, because if they didn't get their very, you know, their first reservation right at 7 a.m., then the chances of them getting beyond two, you know, getting to a third, fourth, or fifth, um, were, were dwindling, or right? Because yep. especially for headliner attractions, there was no way you were going to get more than three just because there wasn't going to be any availability. Right. I mean, and they were usually sold out by one o'clock, the whole park. Yes. Which... It Unless it's for, you know, something that nobody goes to. Right. You know, there, those, unless you wouldn't need lightning lane access. Right. Right. Something exactly. You could walk onto anyway, but I'm wondering if some of this change that we're going to be talking about um, could be due to people like buying their, uh, their genie plus in advance and then having a change in their reservation or their vacation. And 
the nightmare that that causes just in trying to make the adjustments, refunds, what have you. I don't know. Uh, you, um, think, you think it might be part of it? It might be a small part of it. I really think it's mostly operational. And the reason I think that is because they're making these changes only at Walt Disney World. And they're doing that because at Disneyland, it seems to be working pretty well. Um, you know, I'm hearing back from people who use the system at Disneyland and who said it was great. You know, there was plenty of ride capacity. They didn't run out. Um, and I think it has to do with a couple of things. I think it has to do with the fact that the system is a little closer in concept to the max pass system that they had been using at Disneyland anyway. So people were a little more ready for it, a little more comfortable with it. Um, I think there's a higher concentration of attractions for which lightning lane is valuable because it's all concentrated into two parks and people can pretty readily cross back and forth as opposed to Walt Disney world where park hopping is a 30 minute bus ride. Um, but you know, whatever the differences are, it pretty much works there. So it's not, it's not the, the concept that's the problem. There's something about the way the system is being used at Walt Disney world that is a problem. And I think that's what they're trying to address. So let's go through the elements. Let's go through what's changing. Um, first of all, we already are seeing some changes that are going to happen, you know, pretty quickly here in terms of the, the attractions that are available for um, lightning lane selection for Genie Plus versus the individual Lightning Lane um, that separated out. And they, they've already been pretty fluid with that. They pulled some things that were individual Lightning Lanes into Genie Plus's pool, just in an effort, I think, to try to make some more slots for desirable attractions available. Um, the, the next sort of evolution of that is as Cosmic Rewind comes online. So, um, Willie, talk about the changes that are coming as Cosmic Rewind rolls out. Well, Cosmic Rewind will come out May 27th, um, and what you will see is they're going to do an individual attraction purchase or a virtual queue, which you can get lined up for. It doesn't guarantee you you're going to get to ride the ride, but you'll be in the queue, and if the ride stays up all day, you will be able to ride that. From there, Remy's Ratatouille is moving into Genie Plus where you do not have to purchase it anymore. Something. It will be part of the Genie Plus package, right. which makes it really nice for some people because Cosmic Rewind isn't for everyone. Well, that's true. And and so, again, this is a good example of taking an attraction with fairly high capacity, right? Remy is a pretty, you know, it, on the one hand, it, it, they've had some issues with keeping it running and that's held down its capacity, but it, when it's running well, it, it handles a pretty good size pool of people. So they'll move that into Genie Plus's pool, make more of those available. And uh, Rewind will either be an individual lightning lane or it'll be, um, you know, the boarding groups, basically, uh, like they used at uh, Rise. Yeah. Hollywood Studios for Rise of the Resistance. Well, they used it for Remy for a little while. Yeah. And they used it at Remy too for a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it seems to be that they use that. And my guess would be it's not going to stay at Cosmic Rewind for more than, you know, a couple of weeks, a month at the most. Um, it's basically there to help deal with that, that opening rush. Initial opening. Yeah. Sure. Um, all right. So, so that's, that's a change. In, and I think that, you know, the, the concept that's represented there is, is telegraphing what's going on. The other changes are more structural changes about the program itself. So one of the big differences in the program um, so far, if you um, wanted to get Genie Plus, you could purchase it as a ticket option add-on just like Park Hopper or the the Park Hopper Plus or the Water right. Parks. Water right? Parks and more. Yeah, yeah. It was just a length of ticket add-on. Um, they still calculated the price by day, <laughs> but uh, you could you could buy it, you know, as, as a, an add-on to your ticket. Um, and to me, the biggest part of the announcement was that starting and do you have the the date that they're starting this on? It came up pretty quick. You remember the date this was effective? June eighth, isn't it? Yeah, there you go, June eighth. So yeah, right at the beginning of June, right basically right after Cosmic Rewind. 
uh, opens, but um, starting June 8th, you'll no longer be able to purchase Genie Plus as a length of ticket add-on. You won't be able to buy it as part of your package. What you'll have to do is use the same system that's already been in place for everybody else who didn't buy it as part of their package and purchase it what we would call day of. So that's a shift. Um, and so let's talk two things. Number one, let's talk logistically what that means. And then after we've kind of gone through the logistics, let's talk a little bit about why we think they made that change and, and what impact we think it might have. So let's, Tim, why don't we start with logistics with you? What, what's it going to do logistically if um, you're, you're now going to need to make that Disney Genie Plus purchase day of? Day of. Um, if I have been able to buy it in advance, then I'm not worrying about one, buying it and two, making my ride selections all at the same time. And that's probably the biggest logistic shift is um, you will only be able to buy a Genie Plus on the day of. So you have to do that first. Once you've done that, then it will unlock all of the selections that are available for Lightning Lane for the day. So then you make those selections. So, and if you're like me and like to sleep in in the morning, that's not a workable option, but Hey, if I, it, it all depends. It's how you want a vacation, right? If I sure. really, if there's something I really want to do, then I will drag myself out of bed at six 30 in the morning and start getting ready to do that. It just depends on how you want a vacation. And Willie, is there anything you can do to make it any easier on yourself? I mean, yeah, you know, of course you can book a on-site property and you can book at midnight. Ah, there you go. Because well, you can, you can purchase. Let's be purchase very clear. Purchase it at midnight. Purchase, right. Correct. Which you is a bonus. The downfall is you you stayed up till midnight, and now you have to get up at 7 and make your new reservation. Right. There you go. So you're missing some sleep. Well, maybe you are. Or you make it, or you purchase, you know, while you're on your way back to your resort after you stayed late at the parks. Right. Right. right? And, you know, it's it's there ready and waiting for you in the morning. But, but it is... You are introducing some additional pressure time-wise on people late at night and early in the morning. Um, but there's nothing that says, you know, I can't get up, make my reservations, and make them for the afternoon and go back to bed, right? Oh, that's absolutely. Well, yes, there is. So, well, to the extent that that is that window, those windows are available, right? Well, beyond that, because remember, Genie Plus is next available. Next so, available, right? right? Right. So you don't get to choose. You don't get to log on at 7 a.m. And, and say 1 p.m. I want to do Jungle Cruise. Right. Mm -hmm. If the next available Jungle Cruise is 10 a.m. You have to take it. It's either that take. one or, or gamble and uh -huh. try and guess what time you need to go in to get that Jungle Cruise at right. 1 o'clock. Okay. So can I go in at 10 after 7? Yeah. It's, it's, all, it's all a game, right? It, right. It becomes a game like that if, if you're trying to make them for later. Um, and, you know, obviously there are some attractions that are going to take a lot longer to get later in the day, both because of their capacity and their popularity mm -hmm. right. and other attractions that are going to sell out, you know, within minutes. Right. So I want to get on Cosmic Rewinder. I want to get on Rise of the Resistance or I want to get on, you know, but, uh, really. But wait, okay, no, not, now yeah, you're going to confuse things because Rewind is going to be an individual lightning lane. Right. <laughs> right. But okay. So, yes. I am getting ahead of myself here, but yes. um, rise. Uh, let's say I want to do uh, smugglers run and rise. Um, those are probably going to go faster. Uh, and let's see what else Ro uh, rock and roller coaster and uh, the Mickey and Minnie's runway train. Um, those are probably going to go faster than uh, Indiana Jones stunt show. Right. Right. And I mean, slinky dog, slinky dog goes really fast. Yes. Slinky dog does go very fast. Um, so, so that's, that's exactly the game that, that people are going to have to, to play. Um, and so I think you're right. I mean, I think that, that the biggest issue is that it puts pressure on people on both ends. You've got pressure at the end of the night to decide whether, you know, okay, it's 1045. Do I stay up an hour and 15 minutes so that I can get the purchase done so that I can move straight to choosing the attraction in the morning or, you know, do I, get up a little bit earlier so I can purchase. I mean, it, it's, it's going to depend on what kind of sleep pattern works for you. The second piece then is if that's the case, what, what's the impact? Why do we think 
or I guess, why do we think, why do we think they think <laughs> this will have a positive effect on the availability of uh, lightning lane reservations for Genie Plus and availability? Well, the pre-sold people were buying and not going. I mean, you buy it and then like, and I'll just use an example. I had a customer there that for the last 10 days and they were almost bought. They only had six days of park tickets. They almost bought all six days of Genie. The first thing she said was, what happens if the kids are exhausted and we need to change our day, which is hard right now, but we, we don't want to go to Magic Kingdom until one o'clock. They couldn't do anything. Like I said, do not buy Genie Plus right now because you don't know if you're going to be able to use it at all. So yeah. they're not overselling it before the park even opens. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I think too, related to that concept, to me, you know, Disney understands maybe better than anybody else about this whole concept of selling something in advance and people using it only because they bought it in advance because the dining plan Mm -hmm. is the perfect example of that, Mm -hmm. right? The biggest reason that we don't have dining plans back yet is that they don't have restaurant capacity for it. And one of the reasons that they need more restaurant capacity before they can roll out the dining plans, it's not just that they need more staff because they do, but it's also that, they need more than more staff to staff restaurants if they're offering dining plans. Because once you offer a dining plan, you have some proportion, even if it's only 25% of the people, that ends up being a big group of people. And if you have 25% of the people who are making a table service dining reservation only because they have a table service dining credit that they need to use for that day mm-hmm. and would be perfectly hungry or not service otherwise on that yeah. day. Right. Well, even if that's only 25% of the people buying a dining plan, that's a good sized chunk of people who need to have a place where they can have a table service meal, or you're going to get lots of customer complaints. I mean, that's 20,000 people. Yeah. Right. So rather than encourage people to make reservations that they're not going to use, they're not selling dining plans. Well, I think the same logic is at play with genie plus i think there are plenty of people who buy genie plus because they might want to use it and so you know they buy it they they make especially that that first reservation at 7 a.m and then you know because they've bought it because they've made a reservation disney's not releasing more uh, uh capacity and not releasing necessarily more um you know not promoting um certain attractions because they assume that there's a certain you know number of people doing attractions in the park well a lot of those folks who bought it in advance then are not using it and so you have capacity being held for them essentially (laughs) that isn't being distributed isn't being used and it just creates backup and logjam. Um, and major complaints. Yeah. And I think along those lines, there are certain parks that almost require GD plus and cer- certain parks that really don't. And again, it's all in how you vacation. But for me uh, in Epcot, um, I can buy the ind- individual attraction selection for cosmic rewind. Otherwise, I'm going to be tooling around the world, drinking margaritas and drinking beers right. and, you know, whatever, you know, whatever I can get into. And I don't. Right. And if you get a Remy, you get that. a Remy, but yeah, if you if don't, I do, I do, you don't. I don't, I don't. Exactly. And I'm good with that. And see, I think the point of this is that's perfect for you. But if you were, if you were making the decision six months before your trip, you may just say, you know what? It helps with my budget to know what it's going to be costing me all in the end. Just included as the ticket option. I get to pay it off over six months. I won't even think about it. And so you don't. But now you have it. You're in Epcot. You don't really care if you get 
on a ride on Soren or a ride on, on Remy or whatever. Yeah. But you already golly, paid for it. So you I might as well make it. a reservation. You might yes. as well grab a spot. And what happens is, again, if 20% of the people are grabbing a reservation for an attraction that they don't really care whether they get on, right? they don't care thousands of people who are using up slots that they don't really care about, mm-hmm. but they're doing it because they already paid for it. That's an excellent point. Well, I mean, it's it's been proven. I mean, there's people there that I, I don't want this ride, but I paid for it, so I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. And you, you can see them standing there looking at their phone and like, right. Aaron, we didn't use Genie once, did we? I'm trying to remember. We didn't even do a, a lightning lane. Well, we were never awake at seven. Well, so yeah. that's a. <laughs> okay. Okay. I will say this is if La Cava was on lightning lane, I would be buying Genie. Right? <laughs> <laughs> now, now I would do, I would definitely pay Don't for let them hear us say that. Flight of Passage. I would definitely pay for Cosmic Rewind in a heartbeat. And and I would buy an individual lightning lane for La Cava. Right. There's no question. No question at all. If that meant I could go sit myself down in the cool and have chips and salsa and drink margaritas, yeah, I would pay for that. There you go. Don't tell them I said that. Please. (laughs) They're listening. Don't make me. (laughs) Oh, don't be surprised. It may very well be coming. Oh, I'm I'm sure. Have you seen the lines? Just trying to get margaritas, not even trying to get in and sit down. It's, it's nuts. Um, all right. So if the idea is that you, you want to sort of weed out the people who don't really care about using the system, and, and we know those people exist not only from the, you know, assuming what people are thinking when they're looking at their phones and standing in line, but we know because, uh, do you remember the statistic Back in the days of paper fast pass, where you know touring plans would talk about the fact that as many as what twenty five percent of guests would say that when when asked if they'd used fast pass, their response was what's fast pass hundred percent after their mm-hmm. trip yep yeah, right so you know we know that historically at least there are plenty of people who don't worry about expedited attraction lines that's not their focus the only thing people see is now why is there two lines sure and and that's that's all they say how do you get in that line right i I, that i acknowledge but again still a high number well and and the data still told us that there was a significant portion of people who simply didn't care enough to find out like they may have seen the second line but it was like okay there's another line Right. Like, that's not what I'm here for, so I'm not worried about it. Yeah, and, don't know what that is, don't care what it is. I'm just going to get in line. Exactly. We're going to wait for Dumbo no matter what. Right. And All those people like me that went and pulled those fast passes, and by golly, because oh my I God. wanted to have those fast passes. But we were running through the park. Yes. Man, now, and, and now I need to leave early for whatever reason. So I'm going to hunt down somebody else to see if they want these fast passes. Right. Oh, that's right. And then you're handing them off. I've done that. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, Okay, so so one thing that we then should see is just from the process of requiring people to purchase them day of instead of allowing the purchase in advance, right? We should see a lot more slots available because you're going to get fewer, uh, you know, essentially, I mean, I hate to call them reservations because that confuses people because you're not really picking, right? It's the next available time, not a specific time, but... You're going to get less slots used up by people who don't really care, right? Less throwaway slots. The logic would indicate that, yes. Yes. The second thing I think we're going to see is that by having these be a day of purchase, um, I think we're going to see more sort of weighing Genie Plus and Lightning Lane because I think there are plenty of people who bought Genie Plus in advance and then realized day of that all they really wanted was the individual lightning lane for, you know, Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. Yeah, Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. And and they would have been fine with not buying a, a Genie Plus at all. I also think offsite guests are basically zero chance of getting anything good now. now I mean, 
I see. I, Park doesn't open till nine. You're 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 two hours behind the bus. Well, that's true. I mean, I, I guess I go back and forth on this because on the one hand, I feel like it ends up returning value to on-property guests, which is, I think, a good which, thing. What they general. want. Us. It is, right. Of course. I mean, they ought to be expecting, you know, uh, um, benefits like that. Um, and if there are more slots available overall, because you don't have so many wasted spots, then, I, you know, you should have some opportunities still for those those off-property guests. That don't have to be on right at 7 o'clock exactly. or 7 and 5. They, they actually might. But they still can't have do it until the park opens. That That's what I'm saying. Which they is may, hard. They may actually have some options available to them at 9. No, yeah, Tim's, Tim's agreeing with you. He's saying that, that yeah. yep. they're not all going to get necessarily taken up right at 7 a.m. just because there are going to be fewer people trying at Purchasing. 7 a.m. Right, because they're not pre-sold to, to nothing. Exactly, exactly. So it, it kind of cuts both ways a little bit. Um, so any other thoughts about, you know, how how this is going to play out for guests? Because... Obviously, it changes the dynamic if, you know, you've got two things that you have to buy in the morning now instead of one, plus two things that you need to grab reservations for. So there's four separate things you need to do that all go live at 7 a.m. Um, for those on-property guests. Um, I don't know. I mean, uh, let me put it this way. I'm very worried. If you're advising somebody at this point, and obviously we don't have much data to work from, but you know, if you're advising somebody about, you know, Magic Kingdom, right? Mm -hmm. What what order would you tell them to do things in? Well, that's the thing. What are they looking for? Right. Because well, if well, they, they want the individual say, lightning lane. All right, let me say this. Let's let's assume that they want to ride um Seven Wars Mine Train, which is an individual lightning lane, and they want to ride um um, Splash Mountain, mm -hmm. which is a Genie Plus attraction. Um, so, what what order do they need to go in to get their reservations? Well, I would definitely do the individual Lightning Lane first because Seven Dwarfs is going to sell out faster than Genie Plus, and that's why it's on individual Lightning. Lane. Exactly, and then it's so hard because Splash—you might not get till five o'clock. But what about Jungle Cruise? If I want to do both Splash and Jungle Cruise? You can't. You can't do, you only get one. Right? You can only do one at a time. So what am I going to do? Right. Well, so you got to, I mean, I think you got to look at the two of those and say, first of all, which one's more important to me? And second of all, which one can I get first? Which, or which one can I rope drop if I'm there early? Oh, oh actually, and, 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 and the other thing is, it's not which one can I do first. It's which one, because if, if you can't get on one until, you know, five o'clock then remember that you'll have another shot at uh, two hours right in two hours you have another shot well but it's two hours after park opening now right right so if, if park opening is at nine you'll have another shot at, at 11. 11 that's still a lot of stuff disappearing right and it's a long time. I mean, and it's, it's a lot of keeping track of things when you're trying it is. to take a and That's my biggest concern is that it's a lot of, of keeping track of when the next time frame is. Um, and, and it's not a big deal if it works out so that next available really means, you know, now, but it tends not to. <laughs> and so you're playing that game of, is it, has it been two hours yet? And that's back to the, I mean, literally, you have to have a backup charger with you at all times for your phone now. Yeah. And what happens, you, what happens if I'm not type A? You know, a type A person is right on top of it, following yeah. the schedule, checking it out. You know, they know no, exactly. exactly. You're a sunken ship. Yeah. If it's I'm, a lot harder. Yeah. Now, here's the other thing that I think is, is interesting. We've known all along, and they've said all along, that genie plus was going to be sold you know there would be a limited number sold now we've never seen them sell out of genie plus yet i think we may start seeing it because they made a point when they made these recent announcements of restating the fact that not only was genie plus a day of purchase but there was no guarantee that it wouldn't sell out so 
I suspect that the other piece of this is that they're going to to implement a more of a cap on the number Ooh. of Genie Plus sales they make on a given day. Would Disney really ever cap their income? <laughs> yes, because what it does is protect them from, from processing refunds. refunds. Exactly. And and it reinforces if on the days that it's crowd levels of, you know, eight, nine, 10, right? If on those days there are a few unhappy guests who couldn't buy Genie Plus at, you know, noon because it's all sold out, that helps balance out the fact that knowing that happened makes somebody attending on a crowd level six day recognize the value of the $15 per person that they're paying for gene plus, right? Because there's, it, it has to be a scarce resource for it to be valuable. Well, let me answer Willie's question though. Um, I know you guys have both been there for some of the special things like Mickey's not so scary Halloween party, uh, that sort of thing like that. Um, Aaron, what was your impression of that when you went? They don't do genie plus during the parties. No, no, no. Hang on. Oh, hang on. Oh, oh, no, I'm, 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 I'm making a point. Oh, here. sorry. Well, he, he's trying to make a point, but I'm not sure it's going to work. Um, it's going to work. It's going to work. Because what, what, what did you think about your your experience? We had a great experience at the party. Okay, Willie, you've done it. What I've was your done. Experience? I had a miserable experience at one and a very good experience at the other. Okay, so I've done the not so scary Halloween party one time. It's a separate mm-hmm. paid ticket event. Yep. And you're asking would. Would Disney limit their income? And my experience, and granted, it's a first, uh, a first-time experience. And this is what's what you what we have to remember as as travel advisors is what is that very first-time experience going to be like? My very first time going to Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party is that oh, they limit the amount of tickets to what the number that they can actually sell. Because there were more people there that night than there were there than were there during, during the, the day. day. Yeah. So okay. that and, was a horrible experience. Yes, but what I'm saying is, so I think Disney learned that lesson though, because they they when they did boo to you last year instead of Mickey's not so scary. Boo bash. Yeah, boo bash instead. Mm-hmm. They charged more and had fewer people in. And the reviews were rave reviews. I think that bringing Mickey's not so scary back this year, they acknowledge that they're going to sell more than they sold for booty. You, but they're also bringing back a bunch of the entertainment that wasn't there for booty. You. So it balances somewhat. Um, I still think they're going to sell fewer tickets than they did the last time they did Mickey's not so scary. Cause I think again, that they're that, this is this is a lesson that Disney has been learning over the last decade that they're starting to reach that balancing point between guest satisfaction and capacity. Can you physically get more bodies in there? Sure. Yes, but if you do, what's the impact? Mm-hmm. There's a um, price that comes with it. Yeah. I just looked just to see, and I looked for a party of 17. At Mickey's Not So Scary for opening night and Halloween night. Uh-huh. I can get 17 tickets for both of them. Wow. Okay. So they're selling a lot of tickets. Yes. And and in the, for those parties in particular, too. Correct. Right. I mean, I, I think it's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out. What I want to see start. is like... Once the parties start or once more people start to realize the parties are there that haven't seen it, what's like fall break like? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good question. Right. Because I mean, you know, the, the, all of a sudden people are like, oh, you know, they're, everyone's the mindset right now of school is ending. Yeah. Yeah. But guess what? It's going to start really soon. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, kids. It's going to start really soon. You, know, you don't really get that really long fast. a break. Right. Well, and 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 to to your point, Tim, I, I think part of the the thinking is that Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party is not an event designed for better access to attractions. 
that's a side effect. It's a special event built around special entertainment and special food primarily. And the fact that the attractions are open, the fact that the attractions are open is, is secondary in Disney's thinking about it. Right. That's, that's, that's not the purpose of selling the party tickets. The purpose of selling the party tickets is the entertain, the special entertainment, the special food, the, the sure. special fireworks. And for me, my focus has changed in 14 years. You right. know, I, I'm not going in, you know, commando mode now. Where, Here, where here's what I'm saying. As much as I can. Disney now has sort of a template for two different kinds of events. We have the holiday party events, which are about entertainment and food and, and bigger crowds. They have after hours events, which they give that name that after hours, which are smaller crowds, and they're more about attraction access and food and drink. Right. Right. And so what I'm going to be interested to see is if now that we've got the holiday parties back, are they going to bring back more after hours events? Because I think that's the direction they were headed. I think right now the only reason we're not getting more is staffing. Staffing is a hundred percent staffing. Right. Yes. Right. Cause you have to have a third shift at that point. Right. Well, I mean, I just read the line of the Mickey's not so scary Halloween and it says, enjoy access to dozens of popular attractions. Some with spellbounding surprises. Doesn't say anything about shorter weights or anything else. Right. On the after hours, they talk about, short waits because the parks are empty right yes but you know that's that's the point that's exactly the point um and if you've never been to mickey's not so scary the booty you parade is very special it's very unique um it's it's part of that it's part of what you're buying you're paying the extra it's my favorite parade it's my favorite parade by a long shot and and i mean and i've seen i've seen paint the night i've seen Mm -hmm. you know um it's the best parade and the fireworks when they do the 180 around yes. the, it, you can't you can't touch that i mean oh, july yes. 4th is amazing but well but but and and the, the halloween fireworks with the narration like the halloween narration is so yes good. and it's not the not the usual thing it's not what you get any other right night. it's just a different show um all right so we're straying away from our topic but um Sorry. it's okay but it's all relevant because to roll back around I think all of these things are part of the same ecosystem, right? I mean, you know, bottom line is that Disney is balancing both. Look, be crass about it. It's a business. They're looking for the best ways to extract dollars from the pockets of visitors. Um, But they're trying to balance that with guest experience and figure out how to maximize both, right? How can they continue to deliver a high quality guest experience? while still, you know, turning the profit margin that Wall Street says they have to turn. It's it's a delicate balance, too, because if you have so many unhappy guests, they won't come back, and you don't want that. So sometimes you do have to figure out the opportunity cost there of, you know, do I make some changes in capacity, in entertainment, in whatever it is uh, that will benefit the customer? Um, and and create that goodwill that brings them back a second, third, fourth, fifth time. Well, that's what they're looking for. I mean, you know, for the people like us, we go all the time. We're not their customer. Right. Because. Okay. We're not their typical customer. Well, like Aaron and I stayed at pop. That's not what they're looking for. They're looking for the people that stay at Polynesian for 10 days, mm-hmm. six nights. And every three years they come back and do the same thing. Mm-hmm. We come back, we have annual passes and things like that, that they don't want anything to do with. I right. just did the they, math. They got your money. They right. already got your money. I just did the math on if 20,000 people a day buy Genie Plus for each park, it's 1.2 million. Yep. Times 365. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of bread, my friend. <laughs> It's, it's a lot of money scene. And, and the point is, and then what I'm keeping to come back around to is it's a ton of money and it's a ton of money if they only sell 20,000. So, you know, 
at a certain, you know, they're learning that they can't be too greedy about it because if, yeah, they can make more money the first round through selling it to everybody, but then they spend in customer service, in bad press, in ongoing, you know, refunds and, and bad word of mouth and word of mouth. That's yeah. the, that's the it's like Jim Hill always talks about a good customer talks about three people. A bad customer talks about seven people. Uh, yeah. I mean, or whatever even, that number, I mean, right, right. Like, even bigger than that. I mean, yeah, like I, nine or whatever, but you know, right. I mean, I, I've yeah. seen numbers as high as, as basically that for every, for every one positive comment that's passed along, there are 10 negative. And the minute they hear that they paid for it, the tickets are expensive. People are going to ride that ship as long as they can to make it as negative as possible. Um, yep. It's right. like taking me to an all you can eat buffet, right? Or all you can drink margarita bar. Ooh. You're going to lose money. You are yeah. going to lose money. All right. So I, I do think though, that, that we're all ultimately in agreement and maybe, maybe I shouldn't assume that yet, but it sounds to me like we're in agreement that ultimately it's a good thing. Moving to daily purchase is probably a good thing. Um, the only thing I don't like is the 7 a.m. Okay. So I was just going to say, that's exactly my concern. And I guess my question is, all right, you're in Bob JPEG's seat. Um, you, you have the data in front of you. You think you can, you know, that, that this move to daily purchase makes sense, that it'll fix some of the worst problems. How do you fix the logistics so that it's not such a burden on guests? That's why he gets paid the big bucks, right? <laughs> I would say, I mean, I don't think there is a quick fix. I think there is a quick one. If you could do 24 hours in advance on property only. Okay. So you compromise it and you, you give the on property guests who can buy at midnight anyway. Right. The Just opportunity roll back the clock 12 more hours. And you know what? We knew where we were going the next day, 24 hours beforehand. Most well, of the yeah. time. Well, well you yeah, have to park reservation. Anyway. Right. Exactly. So right. You know. And that's not going away anytime soon. Either. That's not going away at all. No, no. They've figured out that that's helping them manage the crowd balance. Exactly. So that is not going anywhere. You were going to be at um, Country Bear, but today you're going to Hollywood Studios mm-hmm. <laughs> and putting on a different outfit. They're making coin on that. That's how oh, it yeah. Um Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's that's a, a reasonable possibility and, and a reasonable solution. I think part of it, too, would be, I think it would be better to sort of stagger these opening times a little bit. I think having everything opening at once at 7 a.m. is overwhelming and maybe, you know, having a, and and I know some of it, you you go both ways, right? Because you can't have like seven and eight and nine, because then it's impossible to manage too. But, you know, even something as simple as, you know, seven, seven, 15, seven, 30, something like that. So that it's not, you're, you're not having to, to play this gambling game of, you know, what decision do I have to make first and what am I going to lose if I do? And see, I'm a systems person. I'm looking at that, at that as, you know what, if I staggered it 15, 15, 15, I, I run less of a, a risk of my service crashing, right? <laughs> I, well, now, see, I thought that at first too, but the con- the, the contrarian point would be that with everything opening all at once, at least it's dispersed, right? Because Theoretically, it's the same exact number of people. But, but are they hitting the same system or are they hitting like four different systems? Well, that's what I'm saying. Part? I mean, that's, that's the it's, question. it's uh, who knows? It's Disney. Right. Because <laughs> if you hit the Epcot system or you hit the Hollywood Studio system or you hit the Animal Kingdom system, mm-hmm. it's different. It's different. Right. But if it's and, all the and same. And we know system, it's Disney. So it's all centralized somewhere. It's okay. just nowhere close of, and very poorly right. designed. I mean, it's all on Big Iron and Glendale, but. <laughs> <laughs> you're laughing it is it, it i know i, I know <laughs> um i'm just thinking amongst the Diz dads we have people that could come in and figure this out and clean it up in a hurry yeah that's a whole nother discussion <laughs> i think we've had parts of this before podcast but but, but uh, i mean disney has had every major it contractor in the united states come to them and say 
your systems need to be rebuilt as distributed modern cloud-based database systems. And and they flat refused. And mm-hmm. you know, Walt did this in 1954. Money. It costs money. And when you start no, asking people it's not for even the money, cost. Oh, it, it is. I guarantee it's the cost because no, I'm, no, I'm, I'm in that same situation myself in my day job. Well, I understand that, but but they paid more to build Magic My Magic Plus on top of their existing system. I mean, they told they told contractors who came into them and made and made bids and made pitches, whose pitches were cheaper because they were going to migrate their systems, and Disney said no. Oh my God! Walt touched this. Walt uh, touched that. I mean, what, look at the Disneyland Walt system. It, 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 I don't even think it's Walt. I, I think they're. I think they're amortizing very expensive big iron, and it's a thirty-year amortization. Mm. Oh. <laughs> Business decisions. Yeah, getting but in anyway. the way of people's vacations. But anyway, <laughs> we digress. So we digress. So, um, you know, you've heard our opinion of these changes. I think overall, we think they're a good thing. They're at least an improvement. I think the system's going to get more usable. What do you think, Tim? Positive, negative, neutral? I think think it'll be more usable. I think it will open up more slots um, rather than having things reserved six months in advance or whatever it is. Uh, I think it will make more slots available to more people in that moment that, that really want them. So I think that's an improvement. How about you, Tim? Willie. That was me. Oh, that's Willie. Sorry. <laughs> I think I you think just slow down on the Caribbean cask. Yeah, I think it's <laughs> going to be better. But I think there's going to be a lot of flack from someone that went to the Halloween party till one or two in the morning, and then they have to make their Epcot at 6 a.m. I mean, 7 a.m., sorry. And they don't plan to get to Epcot till one in the afternoon. A lot of grief or because you get the first first option and at 10 a.m. you don't want to go. So now you're sitting there waiting for the next option mm-hmm. and the refresh, system crashed. Refresh, refresh. Yeah. Hmm. Right. But uh, yeah. Well, I, yeah. And I, and I think there's going to continue to be some growing pains from people struggling to kind of figure out how to work with the system um, because, you know, the, it, in some ways, it hurts a little bit because the folks who are return visitors who have kind of gotten the system working, it, it's amazing how friendly people get at Walt Disney World. I mean, I see so many people helping other guests figure these things out on the fly, mm-hmm. which is great unless the system has changed and so the help doesn't help. True. Uh, and it gets that much more frustrating to everybody. So I think I think as long as as Disney remains fluid, you know, learn from everything every single day, learn, read that data, figure it out. What else do we, what else can we do? What else should we do? Stay fluid, make more changes as they're, as they're required or needed, you know, based on experience. That's the whole thing is based on experience. We're trying this. Let's see how that works. Oh, we need to tweak it here. We need to tweak it there. That's what you do when you launch a, a guided missile. You got to like make the little tweaks here and there to make sure it hits the target. Right. And and I think actually I would agree that that one of the biggest issues is and and to their credit, I think we're seeing Disney be a little bit more flexible, a little bit more iterative when it comes to this system. Because I mean, I remember for the the um, FastPass Plus rollout when things went south on that here and there it took a really long time yeah. for them to react and adjust they yes. very much resisted um you know adjusting and so i think to me it's somewhat heartening to see them you know recognizing the data that's coming in from from the the new lightning lane system and genie plus system and you know starting to make adjustments and make adjustments that are about the guest experience not about necessarily maximizing the profit from the product. Well, and I see that bleeding over to other things too, like uh, like menus, at restaurant menus. Uh, Space 220 is already changing the menu and in reaction to experience. So, you know, I, I'm, it heartens me to see Disney trying to do more of that, more responsive, uh, agile kind of uh, 
changes. Well, I mean, they're in the news all the time right now. Yes. So the last thing you need is negative press 24 seven. (laughs) Hey, any press is good press, right? No, that's not (laughs) good. (laughs) But it sounds good. Yeah. Um, All right. Well, so you've heard our impressions of these changes to Genie Plus and to the Lightning Lane system. We'd really love your feedback, especially those of you who have been in the parks and have been using the system. Um, you know, what do you, what did you think of the system as it was? And then what do you think of these changes? How would they change your behavior? Um, you can let us know by sending us an email at podcast at bizdads.com. You can send us a, a tweet. We'll respond on Twitter at Dizdad's Podcast, uh, on Facebook at facebook.com slash Dizdad's Podcast, or you could reach out to us individually. Um, if you want to, you know, teach Tim something about how to get the most out of a Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween party, you can email him at <laughs> tim.hicks at Fantastic Memories Travel. I know that's a long one, fantasticmemoriestravel.com. And I really do look forward to getting your emails, your feedback. Uh, your show suggestions, uh, I'm always open. And uh, if you want to get in touch with Willie and you know tell him to try something other than a chicken finger, you can do that by and emailing him at Willie at wickedmousetravel.com. And I do eat more than chicken fingers now. I've branched out. Yes, all the way to olives. olives. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or you can email me individually at Aaron, A-A-R-O-N, at mousemastertravel.com. Until next time, I've been your host, Aaron Ripmaster, with my trusty co-hosts, Willie Crocker. Have a wicked wild night. And Tim Hicks. Remember me when you want to travel far. Remember me. I'll help you wish upon a star. (laughs) Good night, everyone. So cute. I love you too, Willie. Uh Uh-oh, that's not good. Good night, Tim. Good night, Tim.